Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So we are continuing our September exploration of the names and titles of God. And today we're going to be focusing very closely on both a name and a title, and that is God the Father. We could have expanded that to include the other two persons of the Trinity, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. But the reason for focusing on God the Father is that some of us, feel so secure and so blessed by our earthly relationship with our parents that we can gloss over that and really delve into what is the relationship that we have with God the Son, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Savior. Or we might be really intensely focused on focusing on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What is it that God is doing there and how does that empower us and impact us as we seek to empower others and impact this world in the name of God? But if we are so blessed to have earthly parents and to have a relationship that is tangible, it shows us their love and their care and their concern. They have nurtured us through our lives and we are so blessed by that that we feel like we've got the, the relationship and the metaphor of God the Father down, then that's precisely when we need to stop and pause. Because unfortunately, there are so many of us in this world that don't have that relationship with our earthly parents. We aren't blessed to have the kind of relationship and ex past experiences in history that allow us to hear that God is our divine parent and go, well, of course. There are those of us in our midst and those of us even in the church that struggle with that depiction of God. People who have been abused by their father. People who have parents that abandoned them either physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so it is important for us to realize the magnitude of this name and title. Just what is it that God is saying? And how can we help to convey that to other Christians and other people who don't feel like there is someone that loves them like a true parent should? So today, we're focusing on Jesus trying to convey a piece of that divine truth. And so our scripture text brings us to a place where there's a group of people who were there when Jesus took fishes and loaves and multiplied it and fed so many people. They were fed, and they're looking for Jesus. And we could say, well, we don't know why they're looking for Jesus, except Jesus tells us why they're looking for him. They're so into finding the next meal that they actually get in boats and head across the sea to go to another place and see if Jesus is there. And he is. He's there with his apostles. And when they get there, Jesus recognizes why they have come. Jesus, who is the embodiment of God, is able to see into our inner being, can see into our hearts and know our minds. And Jesus says, you're not here because you came to find the Son of Man. You're here because I gave you food and you're back. But Jesus is trying to get them to look beyond the food that they ate and this 
earthliness that can ground us so profoundly. Instead, he's trying to point them toward a relationship with God, something bigger and a bigger blessing for sure. And as he begins this dialogue between himself and the crowd, it's quite intriguing to see the perspective that they take and the words that they speak. Jesus says, you know, you need to focus on what will really feed you, not the food here, but the food that endures for eternal life. And what is the food that will endure for eternal life? Jesus says that it is what comes from God, the Father. It is the Son of Man, God the Son, that I am able to give you what will bring forth eternal life. Focus on consuming that and letting that be part of who you are. And then they say, well, what do we have to do? What is it that you want from us? And Jesus says, the real work is the faith, the faith in me. God the Father sent me to you, and your belief is your work. And faith is hard work. It doesn't come easy, and it certainly doesn't stay easy. Sometimes it seems like we had it, and then it slipped through our fingers, and we spend so much time and spiritual energy looking for assurance. And so Jesus says it's going to take work, and you have to constantly be diligent about working for that. And then they get rather impertinent with Jesus. They said to him, so what sign are you going to give us? Never mind that you fed us from almost nothing. Never mind that we have heard you preaching and teaching. We want more. Prove to us who you are. And then they give him an example of what they're looking for. And they go all the way back to the wilderness wanderings, which is so intriguing because the people of God had to wander in the wilderness because they didn't have faith in God and God's ability to bring them into the promised land in the book of Exodus. And they said, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, right? This perfect bread that came down from heaven every day. And we used to gather it up and eat it. And that's what we had. And they quote the scripture. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But they attributed that to the work of the prophet Moses. Instead of recognizing from whom Moses came, Moses was their prophet because God the Father sent Moses to God's people. And Jesus recognizes this and says, it wasn't Moses that gave you manna. It was my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. And he's trying to get them to turn and look at it in a new way. If you turn it around, you'll see that the bread then was a foreshadowing, a foretasting of what is to come. It was to sustain you in the wilderness. I am to sustain you for all time. And Jesus is trying to get them there. And they are so resistant because they are so focused on the here and now. And my belly's growling. And I would really like to see what else you're going to do. Show us other signs and wonders that will help our faith. But it's not about signs and wonders. It's about relationship. And that's the strength of the metaphor that God gives us in God the Father. It's not about God being male and God, you know, being a, a male parental figure. That's not it. Instead, it's about the relationship that is described in God being our divine parent and we being children of God. 
beings of sacred worth. That's incredibly important because we live in a world where some of us don't implicitly feel that. When someone says, you are a child of God, there are those of us in our midst that really struggle to believe that that is true. They have been so battered and bruised by the ways of this world, it's hard to fathom that a God that incredible, that eternal, could possibly look at me and love me like that, especially if I didn't have an earthly parent that did that. So many people are not blessed with the kinds of relationships that some of us have lived every day of our lives. And that's a tragedy because God says that one of the strengths of good earthly parents is that it helps you to understand this relationship. That's why I use the metaphor. I use the metaphor of a, a father, a parent, because that relationship is so powerful and profound. To be born into a world where someone chooses to give of their their material wealth of their resources chooses to give of their heart and their mind and their energy chooses you over their comfort and safety that's an incredible statement about love and that's the metaphor that god gives to us i will constantly come for you i will come to comfort you i will come to guide you and lead you I will put my comfort and my safety aside so that you can have everything you need. And that is precisely what God has done. Not only in God the Father, but as God the Son testifies, I am here because God the Father sent me here. In the fullness of time, God the Son came because God the Father knew it was time to give us something more than bread in the wilderness. It was time to give us a taste of the real bread of heaven. God the Son embodying all that God the Father had tried to give to generation after generation of God's people. Tried to lead them to the promised land, a place flowing with milk and honey. A place where the land provided. A place where they could be safe and build their future. And they didn't listen like willfully disobedient children. They refused to follow what God asked. They refused to listen to God's word. And all of us who have had our day of being disobedient children know that sometimes your will is just so strong. And despite that, a good parent says, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like how you're talking to me. I don't like how you're behaving, but I still love you. And we're going to work through this. And God the Father couldn't let us get to the point where we felt that we had gone so far that there was no way to love us. There was no coming back from our disobedience and our sinfulness. Instead, that person of the Trinity said it is time to reveal the next phase. And so God the Son, Jesus Christ our Savior, spends so much time talking about God the Father. It's all about the Godhead. All of us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all united in God's will and God's love for humanity. That is so important for us to hear. And the thing is that there are people that struggle with that. There are people that can't fathom that God could choose them. 
that God wouldn't be beholden to them unless they could give something back or that God could somehow use them to make God happy. It's not about that. This isn't a God that uses us. This is a God that uses everything God has for us. That's what a good parent does. And if you are someone that hasn't had the blessing of that kind of earthly parent, then God's promise is even more important for you. That God is not going to walk away from you, not going to walk out on you. God is never going to say, that's it, I've had enough. Tough love from God is when God put God's self on the cross. Tough love from God is, this is so hard, I'm going to double down and show you my love. You have been so disobedient that I am coming to you instead of walking away. That's a profound deity that knows us and invites us to know God. And we have been gifted that. Children don't choose their parents. We are born into circumstances, some of them good, some of them horrific. And if our parents are able to overcome their issues and give us a glimpse of the kind of love that God has for us, then that is truly worth celebrating. But if our parents failed, God doesn't fail. God still reminds us that I am with you and for you. And those of us that have been doubly blessed to have great earthly parents and to know our divine parent and to be blessed by that relationship with God, then we need to show that kind of love for other people. We need to be so mindful that there are people that can't wrap their heads, much less their hearts, around that kind of God, a God that chooses me. This God isn't beholden to me. Why would this God choose me? No one else chooses me. Yet time and time again, Christianity has proven that some of the most powerful voices aren't people that come from perfect homes, but people that find a perfect home in God. They discover who they are because of God's love, God's presence, and God's willingness to use them to share that same love with others. That is the strength of the family of faith and the body of Christ. Because we aren't a group of people that would choose one another. In most of the facets of our lives, we, we don't congregate in the same way. In fact, how many people do we know only because of church? Because that is the gift and the power of the body of Christ. It can bring together people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different races, different religious past. It can bring together people from other nationalities, people that have different languages that they speak, and it can bring us all together. One of the most powerful experiences I ever had growing up, I was exposed to some of the African churches when I was growing up in Northern Virginia. And there are so many people from Africa living in diaspora there. And we were at a church that had all these people that had come over from Ghana. And they had different ways of celebrating Christianity. And worship was a lot longer than my very Caucasian Methodist church. And I remember being there and our, our youth group went. And my 
associate pastor who was also our youth leader had her infant son and he was sitting on my lap for hours. And as this was happening, I remember just kind of being overwhelmed and they were sometimes speaking in English, but it was heavily accented. And sometimes they were speaking in their native tongue and dialect. And it was really hard to kind of focus. And then all of a sudden, they started singing Amazing Grace. And I remember this epiphany of, I know this song. I know these words. I, this is my song. And realizing it's not my song. It's our song. This is the song of our family. And it is greater than any other defining characteristic in this world. There is no category, there is no name, there is no title that any society in all of the earth can assign you that is greater than that of child of God. And that is the name that will outlast everything in this world. When everything is washed away and the sea is no more, as the book of Revelation says, when everything that we have built has been reset and the kingdom has come here on earth, the one title, the one thing that you walk into the kingdom to come bearing is that, that you are a child of God. And for the first time in all of the earth's history, we will all get to see our divine parent face to face. And that promise, that hope is the difference for some people between making it through another day and surrendering to the doubt and the despair of this world. So when you wonder what's at stake in, in a name, what really matters when we say God the Father? It's about a relationship, a relationship to carry us through our darkest days, through our biggest times of doubt. It is a name that will help us to cling to God when the world fails us, when our relationships are strained or broken or torn asunder, when everything seems to be falling into chaos, when the economics fail, when our plans and our future suddenly seems to be in complete chaos. That relationship is what is our ground. It is what keeps us clinging to sanity and life. But even more than that, it's what connects us to one another. Because if God is my parent and God is your parent, then I am your sibling. And we are connected. And you have others that want to connect with you. Not so that they can use you to get something. Not so that they can count you as part of a number and a rubric. But because they really do believe that because God is their parent, and God is your parent, that they are called to be in right relationship with you as well. And that's what we have to focus on right now. The stakes are very high for people feeling overwhelmed. The period of time that people have not been connected in the way that they need to be connected. The way that we are crying out for connection. Our divine parent is with us and for us and chooses 
to use those of us who are siblings in Christ to show that, to reveal it, and to be a lifeline in the midst of every storm. And if we can't stop long enough to recognize those relationships between our divine parent and us and us and our siblings, then we will fail. We will sink beneath the waves. And who knows who will be left. But Jesus is reminding us in the gospel account of John that God is our parent. And that just like a good parent, when we needed more, God came to us. And God always comes to us. Even Jesus said, I am not leaving you orphaned. I am coming to you. Sometimes God comes to us in other Christians bearing the name of Christ. Perhaps today, in the days ahead, you will be the next vessel in a long legacy of Christians who bore Christ in the midst of darkness and despair so that the light didn't go out and that those who were on the verge of everlasting darkness were able to walk once more in the light because that is the will of our divine parent whom we belovedly call God the Father. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.